Welcome to The Common Bridge, where policy and current events are discussed in a fiercely nonpartisan manner. The host, Richard Helpy, is a philanthropist, entrepreneur, and political analyst who has over a million listeners around the world. The Common Bridge is available on Substack.com and draws guests and audiences across the political spectrum. Hi, and welcome to The Common Bridge. I'm your host, Rich Helpy. It's been a really exciting time at The Common Bridge. Uh, We've gone from our highly successful podcast product, which is still free and available on most podcast platforms. We've expanded to Substack, where we've been honored to have some great guest columnists. I've, I've taken a shot at writing a few columns myself. We have a newsletter. There's transcripts of all the shows there and some great video. I will hope that you would join us at Substack.com. Simply go to Substack.com, look up the Common Bridge. You can sample for free. And if you'd like, we'd love to have you in as a paid subscriber at some point. And that's kind of the topic of my talk today is that really didn't want to have to do this episode, quite frankly. I was hoping and continue to hope that we can get to a dialogue inside a Substack with commentary and polite exchanges and getting the best thinking. Most of my feedback today, in fact, nearly all of it, comes from private communications. People will call me, they will see me, they'll text me, and they'll say, I I really don't want to be public about this, but could you talk about this? Could you talk about that? Here's my view. And they're just reluctant to be out in what could be the public square with opinions. They just don't feel safe doing it. So today, what I'm going to attempt is to answer some of the questions that have come in through our various feedback channels. It's also some things that have come to me directly. Want to be real clear, I'm not subject matter experts on a lot of this, but just food for thought. So, you know, please consider it one person's opinion. Not going to say it's going to be complete, nor am I going to say it's going to be the best answer, but it's what I've got for today. So with that, welcome to the Common Bridge. And the first topic uh, is uh, fairly heavy. All right. And uh, Russia is threatening Finland and Sweden if they join NATO. Uh, Should Finland and Sweden join NATO? Look, this, of course, involves a lot more than Finland and Sweden and Russia. Finland and Sweden would be have to be approved to join NATO, but uh, NATO does have an open-door policy for European states. Um, I think we're at, at a dilemma right now. If, if Finland and Sweden don't join NATO, now perhaps Putin's Russia could conclude they're the next Ukraine. They can invade, they can threaten a nuclear response to any countries coming to their aid, and there's no treaty for those countries coming to their aid to fall back on. So the central question is not only about Finland and Sweden's protection, it's about whether citizens of the United Kingdom, the United States, Germany, and other NATO members would attack Russia over an incursion into Finland. You know, look, the average American, the average Russian, the average person, they don't want to be incinerated in a nuclear war. But look, if the choice is to draw the line for Putin or hope he doesn't attack by us backing away, it seems that at some point a line has to be drawn. And raising the cost of incursion on other borders for Russia seems like a good idea. Again, I will leave that to people more learned in this topic than I am. Okay, next up, a little closer to home, domestic politics. The Republicans are saying they will not participate in the presidential debates. Is this a good idea? No, it's not a good idea. You got to show up. Next thing, in Michigan, 
Well, we've concluded a trial or part of a trial, I should say, over a kidnapping or alleged kidnapping or a kidnapping dream about our governor, Gretchen Whitmer. And the, the question is, what did I think about the outcome? Well, of course, first of all, to set the factual base, two people were found not guilty. Now, they spent 18 months incarcerated, waiting to get through their their trial and their ultimate finding of not guilty. Two others were subjected to a hung jury. Another back in jail in case there's going to be another prosecution. And of course, surrounding all of this, there was a lot of FBI employees in the mix, and some so compromised the prosecution just wouldn't use them. And I have a great faith in juries. The jury heard the testimony. They were instructed in the law by the judge they reached a conclusion. I don't know what their deliberations were. No one's come out and talked about this publicly as of yet. But but we do know there was no actual kidnapping or no actual attempted kidnapping. We've heard, you know, about, oh, the weapons of mass destruction charge. To me, look, that seems like a reach. It's not like there was a plot to put a bomb in an office building or something like that. Although the two people that did plead out to, you know, fairly significant prison sentences, six years plus, they were threatened with life imprisoned on a weapons charge like that. The real interesting thing is that within 15 minutes of the jury rendering its verdict, here come the left-wing pundits saying, hey, no, 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 they really were guilty. I mean, come on, you don't get your way. This is what you're going to do. Grow up. This conviction in the media is not good for anybody, nor is inciting people to address their government issues with violence, a good idea. It just, again, points up to an unresponsive government and a media designed to whip people up. Okay, next question. Will Donald Trump run for president in 2024 and will he win? Okay, first question, I hope not and no chance. I hope he doesn't run and I don't think he has a chance of winning. Also learned from a very qualified attorney this week that the 22nd Amendment says no person can be elected president more than twice. Okay, that doesn't mean you have to be actually in service as the president. So if Donald Trump keeps saying he was the one elected in 2020, he has barred himself from running in 2024, hardly the first time that his impetuous mouth has gotten him into trouble. So, you know, either shut up about 2020 or 2024 or, you know what, just both. Could have done good things. You didn't. Goodbye. Uh, All right. Next. Very serious topic. Police shooting in Grand Rapids took the life of a young man. Have we learned nothing? Are we off to racist policing again? That's the gist of the questions. And I hope not that we're not off to racist policing. Obviously, it's horrible. It's an innocent life that's been lost from the video. Again, not an expert. It just looks like cascading bad judgment and a final act that just didn't have to occur. It's part of American life. Look, in 2022, there have been 241 civilians shot by the police. 14 of those were black. And now don't hang on because there's other statistics coming here too. And in 2021 and 2020, there were over a thousand police shootings in each of those years. But here's an interesting statistic that based Um, As a percentage of population, the rate of fatal police shootings among black Americans was much higher than for any ethnicity. It's at 38 fatal shootings per million of the population as of this very month right now. This goes back to 
data coming back from uh, 2015 to the uh, present day. And look, citing the the carnage that's going on in places like Chicago in, as part of this is like saying that taking synthetic fentanyl from an unregulated source is fine because people also die in skydiving and car accidents. We need effective policing. And if you watch the horrible video start to finish, it's glaringly obvious that the young man didn't understand the situation. He didn't understand what he was being told. And more importantly, the officer who has a very tough job had several chances to either not escalate or to de-escalate. And now we have one more senseless, awful tragedy and a family and a community in mourning. Okay, all right, this next, lighter topic. Will Smith slaps Chris Rock. What do you make of this? All right, look, personally, I just don't pay much attention to these kinds of things. I, I admire the talent that people that can act and sing and dance do. But I just thought it was a little comical that you have an industry that routinely inserts violence into its products, you know, slaps, punches, gunfire, and more. They can't be seriously offended. If the Oscars could become any less relevant, I don't know, they just sealed it. Um couple questions I've kind of confined it into one here has to do with some of the topics we've covered on the Common Bridge about merit-based tests and aptitude assessments. And are they inherently racist? Would equity outcomes be a better model? Because that would prove that things were equal. So when I think about this, and remember, I'm kind of an engineer type designing person. I say, okay, if we took quotas based on something, you know, superficial or ancestral, you know, an ancestral attribute. And we just took away, you know, merit-based tests. The end result is inevitably an enormous concern that the person isn't qualified for the job. The, The combination hurts that person, the striver, that achiever, that person that recognizes, hey, I've got a gift for science, medicine, mathematics, art, whatever it might be, and just discourage them from higher goals because perhaps they'll be undone because they're not of the right checkbox for identity or not. It's been said that success is when opportunity meets preparation And it just makes a lot more sense to invest in preparation for all, better schools, and equal opportunity for all. Yeah, we've got work to do on that front. Of course, we need accommodation for those who may have real barriers, such as handicaps. But I've never seen any person of any standing, any place, not want to reach a higher goal and to better themselves. And we need to make sure that they have access to preparation and they have access to opportunity, and that our society is also compassionate for those that perhaps cannot. Item next, is Twitter going to Elon Musk? What do I think of that? Well, that kind of filled the news cycles this week. There's a lot of different angles on this. Do I think that, you know, Mr. Musk or any, you know, single person is the savior that's going to rectify all the ills in society? Absolutely not. That's got to come from the vast majority of us saying, you know, we're not going to accept what we're being given. But having said that, the fear of losing censorship power that you're hearing, that to me is what said it all. That's no more pretending that Twitter is an open marketplace of ideas or the town square, although it was written into a number of laws as just that. 
It is a place that is censored. It's regulated. It's shut down what's proven to be good science. It's taken important factual stories out of the political exchange. So it, again, it was just telling that the fear of losing censorship was a central part of the story. Okay. All right. What about the United States athlete, Brittany Griner, I hope I pronounced that correctly, being held in a Russian prison? Uh, now, she's in a terrible position, Brittany Griner. She's been held by the Russian government on charges of having hashish oil in her luggage. Now she needs help from the United States, a country whose national anthem she does not want to honor. Now, I look at this, she's an American. She has a right both to protest and as an American should expect protection from her government. She hasn't renounced her citizenship. How she's handled her rights to protest, you know, that's a matter of, of opinion. So that's where rights come in. But the one big, however, is this, that with rights come responsibilities. If you want that nation to be strong, maybe show a little respect to those that provided you with the opportunity and whose help you need now, and maybe honor that nation. Just a thought. Okay, next type. January 6th investigations are pausing. Is this is a final push or are they they're running out of steam. Are there going to be contempt charges for not answering subpoenas? First thing I, I would suggest there is that read beyond the headlines. The headlines are completely misleading about what's actually going on. I don't know anybody that would want Merrick Garland's attorney general job today. Suppose he indicts former President Trump or chief of staff Mark Meadows. There's a long road to gathering of evidence and a conviction, and it is a very long road. If a conviction is gained, then what? And then think about the political environment if Republicans take control of the Congress before Garland concludes his work and doesn't decide on an indictment, are there going to be charges that the Republicans shut it down? And then that'll raise the question, why didn't the Democrats insist that he act? I wouldn't want the man's job today. I do think we need to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th. And I think we can all calm down the rhetoric and the overexcitement about this Let's charge those that need to be charged and be done with it. In other news, Mark Pomerantz resigns. Does this mean New York City's pursuit of Donald Trump was a witch hunt, as he claims? Okay, first of all, a little background. Pomerantz is a former prosecutor who came out of retirement to work pro bono for free to investigate and charge Donald Trump. He had one job was willing to do it for free. So he's a special assistant district attorney, again, one job, paid nothing. And he makes this broad statement that Mr. Trump's preparation of his annual statements of financial condition are in error and translates those into criminal charges. Manhattan's district attorney, Alvin Bragg, also a Democrat, has stopped the process to seek an indictment basically for lack of evidence. So one guy with one mission on one topic could not locate a crime. And let me simplify it. The entire basis of these crimes is different valuations for tax and for market on real estate. Now, if you're a homeowner, would you sell your house for what's on your tax bill? I know you'd make the buyer very happy. And by the way, just the sidelight, one of the things Bernie Sanders put forward, which nobody wanted to deal with, is that whatever you put on your tax valuation, you'd be willing to sell the property for that. And I think he was thinking about the government would come in and say, here's the dollar figure, and now it's time for you to give up your home. Next item, the notion that music 
needs to be divided by political affiliation seems to have died down. What do you think? Look, I love music and I listen to lots of different people. And look, there's enough streaming services out there to choose any genre, any artist that you'd like, any favorite song without having to navigate a partisan minefield. So let's hope we get beyond that. Okay, the next one, just for fun. This isn't really a question, but I just thought it was kind of funny. It says the NFL just can't get it right in terms of their drive for more equality. They brazenly publicize their biggest annual event, but they won't use Arabic numbers. They use Roman numerals. And the writer wants to know, is that a subtle endorsement of Eurocentrism and backing of an imperial regime? All I can say is, good one. Spend more time doing something else. I don't know. Okay, uh, serious. Is there any linkage between police force, you know, defund rhetoric and actions? The rhetoric about defunding police forces and the actual actions of cutting their budgets uh, with skyrocketing retail theft and killing of innocent people. Not now. None. Nada. Wait, we went from the New York Police Department being the heroic first responders, the good guys on 9-11 to ACAB. And now we're back to local heroes as they arrest a very troubled person, serial killer. We have the sheriff of Sacramento County saying we're treating criminals like victims. And that's the problem. I'm a simpler person and I'm also a pattern recognizer. When people are permitted to poop on the streets of a major American city, what did we think would come next? A new era of elegance? I I don't think that really follows. More families wanting to move in, people wanting to invest and start their businesses there. Once the basic fabric starts breaking down and people don't have responsibilities, bad things naturally follow. Now, I'm also a perpetual optimist. San Francisco, the mayor, London Breed, she's the one that cut the police budget and sheriff's budget by $120 million, which some folks will say is pandering to certain groups. She's now done about 180 degree turnaround and says it's time to stop the criminals who are destroying our city. It's got to come to an end. We've got to be more aggressive with law enforcement and less tolerance. And this is her words of all the bullshit that destroyed our city. I'll leave that there. Okay, next. What's the future of meta platforms, you know, Facebook? I hope people were paying attention when Apple changed some of their software so that Facebook could not locate you. Facebook admits its business model fails if they can't spy on us. Think about that. Think about how close they are to regulators. Think about the amount of lobbyists they have. Think about other companies looking at what Facebook slash Meta is doing. Do we really need them? I mean, I'd like to have them back to connect with people, but I don't necessarily need them following me around. Okay, next question. Where do we find better public servants? Someone that could be accepted by all that's got the chops to do the work. I'd watch Jeopardy, frankly. There's some really smart people there. They come in all shapes, all sizes, all ages from all regions, occasionally Canadian as well. And they're just really smart people that know a lot of things. And they seem to have very balanced perspectives. Amy Schneider would make a great president. Look, I'm very, very serious about this. I watched her over 40 times on Jeopardy. And her poise and her knowledge would be a welcome change 
any place in government. Plus, she manages an engineering department, so she must know how to get things done. And people know about her personal history and personal situation. We just need more people like this who actually know things and know how to get things done and seem to keep their emotions in check and are really more about what they know and what they do than how they might identify. I hope she's successful in whatever she's going to do next, as well as Madam Odio and all you other Jeopardy champs. Next thing, since the pandemic began, a new billionaire has been created every 26 hours. And in the meantime, 160 million people have been pushed into poverty across the globe. Does that sound like a fair system to you? This is a great point. Look, when an economy is ordered to shut down, remember it didn't fail based on the economic rules or the capitalist system. It was shut down by government order. The opportunity to better oneself, to start a business, to gain marketable skills, you know, with some education and some training, all go away. As some people that were kicked off Twitter predicted, the public policies added to poverty and violence. And we haven't even begun to touch the mental health issues. Look, everyone likes to tell the story about how their ancestors either came to America or were born here and struggled from nothing to create a great life and create a great family. We have a system that rewards innovation and rewards risk-taking. People complaining about the unfairness of a system using devices from the imagination of Steve Jobs, who's the adopted son of an electrician with no college degree, using software made by Bill Gates. Okay, a little privilege there, all right? On a platform designed by Mark Zuckerberg, all created something out of nothing. seems that we've got a lot of good things. And I've never seen an industrious person give in and give up Uh, based on unfairness. Uh, You can either make progress or make excuses. And if someone's got a better system, I think they need to bring it forward. And of course, you know, any student of history knows that even in the most brazen socialist or communist or any other type of totalitarianism, uh, (laughs) there's always markets. So, you know, the natural way of the world is people buying and selling things. Finally, the last thing, the midterms in 2022, Do the Republicans need an agenda? Do they need one like 1994, where they said, here are the 10 priorities we're going to work on? Sadly, they probably don't need an agenda. The Republicans' entire pitch for 2022 is they won't act like the Democrats of the past couple years, doing and saying all the crazy things in the Democrats' track record, of which they're reminding us of daily. Now, what's really interesting to me The Democrats are hitting back hard by saying they won't act like the Democrats of the past two years doing and saying all the crazy things in their track record. So at least the two major parties are on the same page about something. Sadly, they're reading those pages while they're both on board the crazy train in the isolated regions away from the vast number of us Americans Both entrenched parties and the reporting companies are playing the same idiotic game called Let's Beat the Other One. It's like they think their training in politics and media is to see 
who can spread cancer faster than the other one? On the mistaken belief that the illness can be targeted and it won't harm themselves or those they care about within the electorate. So, yeah, let's wait and see what happens in the midterms. I know that, uh, you know, consensus right now or conventional wisdom is that we're going to see a lot of new Republicans elected, but given the Republicans' ability to step on their own toes, anything can happen between now and then. So again, I just say it doesn't really matter that much unless and until we insist on better performance by the people that we do put there and better reporting and quit playing the stupid games that you see on the the, the media markets. That's not going to work. Anyway, don't let me get off track there. Look, this is Rich Helpy on the Common Bridge. I think that's enough for today. Again, I, I do invite you to join us at Substack. We could sure use a lot more public commentary. If you are more comfortable, you, of course, can continue with the direct messaging, and I'll do my best to address that. There's a lot more people out here in this fiercely nonpartisan world than there are elsewhere. So please join us at your favorite podcast outlet, YouTube TV on Substack.com. And of course, I had Mission Control Radio on your Radio Garden app. And so for The Common Bridge, this is your host, Rich Helpy, signing off. Thanks for joining us on The Common Bridge. Please subscribe to The Common Bridge on Substack.com, where you can find more interviews, columns, podcasts, video, and other nonpartisan discussions to the problems of today. On Substack, you can access the full archive and bonus columns, podcasts, and interviews for only $5 a month. Please go to Substack.com and search for The Common Bridge and subscribe. All rights reserved.